BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, my sweet circly workleys. It's Kelsey. Duh. How the hell are you guys? It has been a minute since it has just been me and my sweet circlers. And I'm just so happy to be back in the circle. I really have missed you all so very much. And it's just like been such a crazy, obviously, year. But like, you know, I just feel like it's been a second since we've caught up and we've had so many amazing guests on Circle Time. And I love hearing like what you guys think about our guests and how you guys have been enjoying all of our wonderful guests. And the guests are not stopping anytime soon. We have so many fun and exciting episodes coming up, including today's, which is the main, which is like the meat and potatoes of the episode. (laughs) Oh my God, I've never referred to anything as the meat and potatoes of anything, but the meat and potatoes. (laughs) So I cannot take that seriously, but like the main part of today's episode is this amazing interview I have with Matt Higgins. And I am so excited for you all to hear it because it's just a little bit different. And if you don't know who Matt Higgins is, he is an investor and he is like a builder of so many brands that we know and love like Skims, Magnolia Bakery, Momofuku, Glossier. I'm like reading off the list of brands of stuff that he's done. Milk Bar, Everlane. And he is just like a businessman and he's, and he's a co-founder of like a venture capitalist group. And he, he's really, and when I heard all of this stuff, I was like, this is intimidating. And what do I have? Like, why, what, why does he want to talk to me? And what do I have to talk to him about? But then I found out that he, wrote a book and he wrote a book and it's called burn the boats and I have it here with me and it looks really intense, but it's actually so, so good. And I have been loving reading it and the interview with him is just so awesome. And he gave so much, like he came from like his come up story is so interesting because he didn't come from wealth and it's just so interesting to hear him talk. And his book is all about like kind of tossing your plan B out the window and going for what you want. And, you know, he talks about failure and he talks about just a bunch of different stuff, anxiety and all of this stuff and how he's gotten to where he is. And like, it's really, really like it. It's really a great book and I've been loving it here. I'll read you like kind of what the insert says. Too many of us are driven by fear waiting for the perfect moment to act. We subconsciously construct an insidious safety net that becomes our undoing. Plan B. Matt Higgins' own modern-day Horatio Alger story begins with his radical decision to drop out of high school at age 16, jump-starting his escape from poverty and launching his journey to Shark Tank, Harvard Business School, and beyond. So yeah, he was a guest shark on Shark Tank, which is awesome, and he is a lecturer at Harvard Business School. He is living proof that success can emerge from even the darkest places. Now having mentored some of his greatest entrepreneurs of our time, 
Matt is ready to share his insights, his lessons, and the raw truth about how to architect your dream life. So that's what this book is about. And he obviously did a better job explaining it in this book than I did. But it's just a really, really awesome book. And he was such a great guy to talk to. And I had a great time chatting with him. And he loved talking to the circlers. And he loved breaking things down for the circlers. And I'm just so appreciative that he joined the circle. And now he is a circler himself. So yeah, so that is at the end of this episode. And because we love talking about books on here and... Now we're jumping into this one. I wanted to kind of catch you guys up on my little reading journey and tell you guys about the book club that I want to start on Circle Time. And I feel like this, we've talked about it before and I've talked about it on Instagram at Circle Time Pod. But I basically started a channel on Geneva, G-E-N-E-V-A. And I started a little like Circle Time book club. And so we can all hop on there and we can chat. And the group is called... Let me find it. Well, I know what it's called. The book, the group is called Circle Time Book Club. It's pretty straightforward. And yeah, we, we can just chat in there about what we're reading. And I can keep you guys posted on like when I finish books and when I start books and we can talk about Burn the Boats. And I have another amazing author on next week too, Tara Schuster. And so we can talk about her book. And I think it's just really going to be so much fun. And I think it's such a great community to start. And you know I have been a reading machine. By the way, I finished Carrie Soto and that damn book. You remember how much com- I complained about it? Remember how much shit I talked about that book? By the end of it, you guys, I couldn't get enough. I was like, fuck, she needs to be back on the grass court. Get her off this clay court. Like I was like talking about courts. I'm talking about Carrie winning, not winning. Does she, does she not? I mean, the whole thing, her dad, like it really is. I'm accidentally starting a video chat on my Geneva channel. It really is such a great book. So obviously we can chat about that. I've started another book. Well, I I did start another book and then I got into this one and I'm loving this one. So Burn the Boats can be our official first nonfiction circle time book club book. And so you can join the Geneva circle time book club chat and I'll be there. We can chat about stuff. And I'm so excited for you guys to be able to talk to each other and for us circlers to join together in a new way. And this is like such a great book to start. And I'm just so interested to hear what you guys have to say because it surprised me. I didn't know if the circlers would be interested in it or not, but I was loving it. And, and he was just so fun and easy to talk to. So I think you all are really going to like that. And I also kind of got me thinking that I want to hear from you all. So you can like DM me and we, and I could make a little question box on my Instagram story on Thursday. I can make a little, I guess this comes out on Thursday. So when this comes out, I can put a little question box on my Instagram story and we can talk about like, I think it would be fun to have a little segment, like the shit that you... Obviously, this is a working title, but the stuff that you should have learned in school, but you didn't type of thing. You know what I mean? Like we all learned how to like do long division, but we don't use that in our everyday lives. But and I have no idea like what a mortgage is. Well, I I do. But like kind of that was a stretch when I confidently said, well, I do. I kind of do. But like or like interest or investing and where to start with that and just like stuff like that. Or even like how to how to like keep your carrots good in the fridge for a long time. I don't know. Just like random life stuff and just stuff that we need to know that we should be knowing to like survive in the world. I think it would be so much fun to have a segment like that on Circle Time. Obviously not every week because I am not a professional in those things, but I could find people who are really knowledgeable and professionals in those things and bring them to the circle. And then they could teach us because we all need to be learning, learning and growing every single day in the circle. And when I was talking to Matt, I realized that because he knows so much about investing and he can like, we can get him back on. I feel like he's my friend now. We can get him back on and he can answer questions about investing and where to start. You know, like if you're in school and you don't have a lot of money and like where you can start and what you can do to like get your foot in the door. And I just think it would be really interesting to learn that kind of stuff. Sorry, my cats. Can cats talk to each other like telepathically? Because 
ham and brisket will be like across in like different sections of the house. And then all of a sudden they're both like running towards each other. Anywho. So I just feel like reading burn the boats and talking to Matt really got me thinking that we could really bring some fun people on here. Well, we always bring fun people on here, obviously, but we can really bring some different kinds of people on here that could really teach us a thing or two. And we could have a little like learning segment on circle time to help us help us grow as humans, you know, because you really don't learn a lot of, you learn a lot of great stuff in school. Obviously I'm not bashing school, but like it's great to learn everyday stuff. So we can, I can figure out what you guys want to learn and then I could find people to talk about those things with us. So that is that. I think that you guys are really going to like it. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about Matt and what he, what he's teaching us in his book. And yeah, a non, so that is, this is the nonfiction. I feel like we could do like a nonfiction and a fiction kind of like book for our book club. So I feel like let's do burn the boats for our first nonfiction book. And we can, for our fiction book, I am currently reading the book, the hotel Nantucket has anyone else read that? Because that book is really, really good. I am enjoying that one a lot. It's pretty, it's kind of different than anything else I've read, but I, I've been liking it. So yeah, that's where I'm at in my book update. It's just been so long since I've given anyone any updates on anything. So nonfiction, burn the boats, fiction, the hotel Nantucket. And if you have read it or are reading it, let me know. Also, I haven't gone on any circle or struts lately because, which is for those who are listening for the first time, that is just a walk. That is a walk. Yeah, you heard it here first. And we've we decided to call them circle or struts for whatever reason, because it's fun. And that's, and what's life without putting fun titles on things that are mundane, like walking. But the weather in LA has been so shitty that I really haven't like been outside. I obviously did a lot of circular strutting on the honeymoon and stuff, but since we've been back, I just feel like the weather hasn't been great. So I've done like a few little walks, but nothing crazy. So, you know, for all of you who are on the edge of your seat on my walking update, that's that. The main thing I wanted to talk to you guys about before Matt's interview was our book club. And I'm so, so excited that we started it. I have no idea, to be honest, when it comes to like technology, it's, I'm pretty embarrassing. So I'm not really like 100% sure how to start this. Well, I did already start it, but I need to like get it going. So when you join, find Circle Time Book Club created by Kelsey Kreppel and we can get into it. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you to hear the interview with Matt. And this is just a fun and different episode. And it's going to be really, really great. So, and he says at the end of the interview, but in case you guys miss it or whatever it is, he said, if you can't get the book right now that he can send you, you can DM him and he can send you like a copy of it for you to read. So you can still read it even if you can't pay for it right now, which is really, really awesome. And I just, he's, he was really great. And I'm really excited for you all to hear what he has to say. It's really motivational. I've gotten a few story time questions about like rejection and failure and feeling scared to, you know, do what you really want to do and feeling kind of lost. And he really talks on that in the interview and he says, he says some great, really helpful stuff. And he covers a lot of that in the book too, even just about like anxiety and all of that. So embracing crisis, like embracing each crisis, optimizing your anxiety, all of that kind of stuff. I just, I think you're all really going to love it. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. And there we have it. So enjoy this interview with Matt Higgins. And I will see you all next week. And I love you. And thanks for listening. So there have been just so many different things that I've wanted to start lately. And just kind of like in general, when I'm starting projects, I'm always really excited, but I also 
always end up getting like overwhelmed and not even knowing where to begin. So then I just don't begin or I start it late because I'm spiraling and I can't figure out how to start and all of that. But when I have tools that are easy to maneuver and understand and help me get started, I always, always, always do better. And that is where Squarespace comes in. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Squarespace really has all the tools you need to get your business off the ground, including commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. You can also connect your social media accounts. So what you can do is like display posts from your profiles on your website and then also push website content to your profile so your followers can also share it. And I just think it's so helpful to combine both of those things and get as much traction as you can. And by the way, you own all of the content you put on the Squarespace platform. They offer one-click data portability. It really is just the best and so helpful in every way to get started. It's made me feel more confident getting started in things. And I know so many people who also use it and it's just helped so much. So go check it out at squarespace.com slash circle time for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code circle time to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. So as everybody knows, I have made it a point to be cooking more meals at home this year. And I have actually been doing it. So I'm very proud of myself and I've really been enjoying it, but it definitely would not be possible without HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So you can skip the grocery store lines and all of that hassle and just get great tasting meals you can whip up and enjoy in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from for all meal occasions, lifestyles and preferences. Take your pick from meals like soy glazed salmon with rice mm, or mushroom and chive risotto. Yummy. And I can guarantee it's going to be delicious, honestly, with HelloFresh. Anyway, they really just make it so easy to eat exactly what you love. Like you can customize meals by swapping proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish, which I have done before and I will do it again. And now you can even upgrade for organic chicken or organic ground beef on select meals. It saves me so much time by taking care of the meal planning and prepping. And it really just makes me feel successful in the kitchen. I have honestly learned so much about cooking by using HelloFresh. And I genuinely mean it when I say that every single meal we have made with HelloFresh is absolutely delicious. It is America's number one meal kit. And I completely understand why. You all really, really have to try it. I promise you'll love it. So go to HelloFresh.com slash CircleTime60 and use code CircleTime60 for 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash CircleTime60 and use code CircleTime60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking to you. I'm so excited to have you. On Circle Time. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. I love being on Circle Time. I was supposed to like bring it down, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we like to chill out here on Circle Time, but I feel like this is kind of a bigger deal than normal because the circlers are learning some important information today. And so the circles should sit up straight. Probably. The circlers, they should sit up straight, probably like turn on their listening ears a little bit more than normal because exactly. it's not just me blabbing on. So is it usually just you? It is usually. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of like it is usually just me, but I have guests on pretty frequently. But I am so excited to be talking to you. I was just reading your book this morning. And Thank I, you. I, I am I'm loving it. I actually we talk on we talk about books on here a good amount. And this is our first nonfiction book that I am recommending. I just would love to hear all about it. And I would love for you to kind of explain to the circlers what it's about and how we can learn from you. Cause I think you have a lot to teach us. Well, thank you for welcoming me into the circle. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. And congratulations on getting married. Oh my God. I thank you. That, I see that you went to Turks and Caicos, which we is did. where I love to bring my little girl. Amazing. Uh, yeah. We're planning a trip right now. It's so pretty. You went to the Amman, right? We did. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was so beautiful. Well, so let me talk about the book. Yeah, I would I love to hear about it. it. I mean, um, 
So for those uh, there who have not read it, the book is uh, Burn the Boats. And it's a little bit of a Trojan horse. Somebody jumped. I did a great interview. There's a lot of female entrepreneurs profiled in there deliberately, but the title is like bombastic. So somebody said to me, it was like, oh, I picked it up and thought this was like another bro crypto book, you know, (laughs) but the title is not Burn the Boats with you and it's Burn the Boats. And so when I I set out to do this was um, I wanted to write a book about why we hesitate, why do humans were on the brink of doing something great. There's this insidious voice in our head that holds us back or, you know, a frenemy that holds us back or that corporate saboteur. There are all these forces always working against it. And I get frustrated with myself that at my age and whatever I've supposedly done, you know, successfully, why is it that I still have to overcome these voices or these forces, you know, with that track record? So I was like, why do I hesitate? What is it? And throughout the course of my career, I kept coming across this phrase of burn the boats at different important points. One of them happened when I worked for the New York Jets and ran the football team and and the coach had given this you know fire and brimstone speech to get the players fired up and told the story of Cortez, who was a very bad man, not the inspiration for my book, but he literally burned the boats in order to prevail. And the team went out and won the mat, won the game. And the New York Times did a big article about like, why did the Jets overcome the underdog odds? And the players have said it's because the coach gave them a speech about how to fully commit to plan A and the burn the boats. And so I started researching, and it turns out that every culture, going back to the beginning of recorded history in the Old Testament, the ancient Israelites, Alexander the Great, they have this fable of a military leader when outnumbered 100 to 1 in order to prevail, literally sabotages their own retreat and destroys their food provisions. And I thought, why is it that military leaders know intuitively what we reject is that if we fully commit to plan A, we can get what we want in life. And the answer is because we think that we are being safer by having, you know, plan B, our risk mitigation downside plan. And what we're really doing is ensuring we never really get what we want. And in examining my life, which I do in the book, going back to my origin story of growing up poor and a single mom, I realized that I have been subconsciously burning the hell out of my boats ever since I dropped out of high school when I was 16 years old. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that you got your start is so interesting and such an inspiration. And I feel like a lot of times we get, we have listeners call in and ask for advice. And a lot of times it's people in high school or college that are kind of trying to figure out what path to take. And we just had one last week about fearing rejection and all of those kinds of things. And I feel like you could speak to, like, maybe you could kind of speak to that and tell people how tell like the younger people who are listening how not to give in to that fear of rejection and those plan B's and all of that stuff and how to like really go for what they want. Yeah, I love that. Let's unpack it. I mean, I wrote this book too for anyone out there who maybe doesn't have the support system like I didn't or is dealing with those forces to maybe be the friend that you don't have in your foxhole or to hold up a mirror to what you already suspect that you're capable of, but nobody around you is confirming it. So I am a big believer in trusting your instincts and intuition, all because of that that singular moment when I was growing up poor. So to rewind for a second, my mother was very sick when I was a kid and I... I was sort of forced to be a parent at a very young age, reluctantly. Nobody really wants to be a parent when you're a kid. You want to have a functioning life, and but you feel obligated. And so I was selling flowers on street corners and scraping gum underneath tables at McDonald's, all desperately to try to survive. But also back then, there wasn't wealth shaming. There was poverty shaming. And so everything was about hiding the fact that I was growing up really poor. And, and at the same time, having this intuition that my mother is going to succumb to her illnesses if I don't figure out a way of the situation out of poverty. And I was growing up on government cheese and just, it was just miserable. But I was also pretty depressed and feeling increasingly more self-destructive in those teen years. And so my intuition tells me I, I need to do something and conventional wisdom, the advice I'm getting from everybody around me doesn't suit my situation. And I would tell anyone listening, when you are, when you have shame and you're concealing what's really going on in your life, the advice you get doesn't ring true because people don't have full information. So the guidance counselors, when I said, I have a great idea, I'm going to drop out of high school, get a GD, and I'm going to go to college two years earlier. And that's going to enable me to get a job that pays twice as much as a high school student. Isn't that amazing? And everyone's <laughs> like, you're absolutely crazy. Right. <laughs> you're you're going you're gonna to be a loser for the rest of your life. 
And my last day of high school, my science teacher said, you know, great, I'll see you at McDonald's, right? Like, so the, the first point I would say to anybody out there is tr- trust your instincts and your intuition, especially if you're not sharing all the information with those people around you, which we often are doing. Right. That, and the second thing, I this is with the genesis of the book, I had so many forces against me about what I knew was true for me and what I was knew was best for my situation that I was like, how am I going to withstand all these adults telling me to do something that's opposite? I would get picked up by the truant police and they'd deliver me back to school. And I'm like, don't you understand? I have a plan. Plus my mother's fading in the room next door that I realized I have to self-sabotage everything so that the school system eventually saw me as a write-off and rather than try to reclaim me, would want to just get rid of me. <laughs> and I failed every single class for two years straight. Wow. So I burned the boats. Now I don't recommend everybody out there do this, <laughs> but let me fast forward how the story ends. I drop out of high school. I enroll in college with a loophole. By the time I, my high school prom came along, I was president of the debate team and I went back to school not as a loser or somebody to be pitied, but with begrudging respect. And so my advice to everybody, rather than think that you need to go on YouTube to find the answers or go to Barnes and Noble and buy my book, wherever it is, or talk to an adult, first consult yourself. And if you can't identify what your heart or soul is trying to tell you, ask yourself, what's getting in the way? Is there somebody, a missing parent figure? Is there a friend of me in the foxhole? My book is heavy on the the idea of self-reliance because I think the self doesn't have an advocate in society right now. And we're always told to outsource our judgment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing advice. And I feel like it's so important to look in within yourself and try to figure out what you want. And also, like you said, half the time, you're not kind of saying out loud what it is that you're, that you actually are thinking and feeling. You're kind of just giving like surface level to those around you. And so they're not going to be able to fully understand where you're coming well, plus from. We're embarrassed, right? right. Like, and then something I would love to hear from you. I mean, you, you transitioned from being a teacher to what you're doing now. Like there is a tendency for society to want to put everybody in the box yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, it's convenient. Two, it's threatening. Like I've, I've reinvented myself so many times that I find myself incoherent. You know, yeah. I can't make sense of my narrative. He's on Shark Tank, he's high school dropout. I, but you know what? I don't care. And I realized, why is it every time I try to reinvent myself, People who shouldn't care have a problem with it. And a lot of times, one, we don't voice because we're afraid of ridicule. But but two, even when we do, it's these voices around, forces around us that are like, no, you know, stay in your lane. It's like, so that's the other piece of advice for everybody. Like, there's going to be, everyone's always going to try to put you in your box. And either, you know, if you're keeping it to yourself, the advice is bad. And if you're going to voice it, be prepared. I love that. I really do. And I think it's so important. I mean, it's helpful for even for me. Because I mean, like I, like you said, I switched careers and stuff, and I find myself a lot of the times kind of feeling that kind of embarrassment of like, oh, here I go posting this, or where people used to see me as this one thing, and now I'm doing this other thing, and it it does you find like those little comments eat away at you, but if you just you can't let them. Well, that's why I also thought for me, like I can show up in the world in a lot of different ways right now because I've been on Shark Tank and I teach at Harvard Business School and I yeah. have custom suits, right? People be like. There goes the middle-aged white guy, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, and that's not who I am. Right. And stop putting me in that box. I'm the I'm the 16-year-old kid who dropped out of high school and ate government cheese. And what's what's so frustrating about life, which is why I wanted to really be vulnerable in this book, even the book, like what you just said, you have what hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers, and yet you still have to overcome it. Right. With this book, I'm always like, oh, I'm being ridiculous. You know, yeah. there he goes again. And now he's an author. <laughs> and then I have I have to always reconnect with my purpose, which I'm sure you do too, right? That when I get the little messages on Instagram, like I got them last night, I talk openly in the book about divorce. It's not something I wish to talk about, but I wrote it because I knew there's going to be somebody sitting in a dark hole somewhere feeling pretty desperate. And they're going to read that one page and it may change the trajectory of their life. So when you do hard things and step out of your lane or step out of your box, it's so important to refresh your why, because no matter how successful you are, and I guess I've had a good amount of success, I still have to do it even with this book. Yeah. I'm like, there he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's inspirational, you know, to, for like the people listening to, if you have something that you think is crazy, that you could, do you think that you could never do it? You should just stick to the safe bet. Like, I just think that it's so interesting to see like how far you've come. And like when I changed my career path and stuff, I, and I think that it's just like, people shouldn't stick, think that they need to stick in one specific box. 
All right, I want to talk to you all about my favorite three-letter word. Yeah, it's a word you all know. It ends in X. Come on, you'll probably experience it a few times in your life. Yes, it's tux. And when you need a tux, the best place to go get one is the black tux. Now, since I've started dating Cody, I guess we're married now, but since we started dating, you know, I always have to go with him to get tuxes for weddings or events. And then when we had our own wedding, I feel like I have just learned so much about tuxes and how they fit and what is a good quality tux and all of that. And the black tux makes it super easy to get an on-trend, top quality, guaranteed to fit tux without ever leaving your house. And this is also, you know, for all of my circlers who might not be wearing the tuxes themselves, but they have a partner who would because the black tux really makes everyone's lives easier. Like I said, I used to have to go with Cody all the time to get tuxes. And this is just so much easier. So here's how it works. You take the black tux fit quiz, pick the style you want to rock and boom, your tux is delivered to your door in 10 days before the day you need it. So that's plenty of time to try it on and make sure it fits and it looks great. And if the fit is not quite right, you can say hello to the black tux fit guarantee which is order a better size within a day or two of receiving the less than great fitting one and they'll send another one right away at no extra cost. And if you'd prefer an in-store experience, the Black Tux has showrooms across the country. Their expert fit specialist will help you find the perfect style tux or suit and make sure it fits just right. So rent or buy, the Black Tux is the best place to go when you need a tuxedo for a wedding or special night. And right now, when you go to theblacktux.com slash circle time and use code circle time, you'll save $20 off your order. That's T-H-E-B-L-A-C-K-T-U-X.com slash circle time, code circle time to save $20. Theblacktux.com slash circle time, code circle time. All right, please tell me I'm not the only one who does this. Okay, I find a little something off with my body. For example, say I have a pain in my back and then I get on TikTok and I go down this TikTok rabbit hole of what this pain could possibly mean. And I'm just getting like a bunch of questionable advice from so-called experts. But then I start to spiral thinking that something is seriously wrong with me when I'm not even talking to anyone who could actually help. I hope I'm not alone in that, but there are better ways to get the answers we want and the care we deserve from trusted professionals and not just random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. I personally have always been just so nervous about going to the doctor and finding a doctor I actually like, especially as an adult having to find one myself. But thanks to ZocDoc, I was actually able to do that. And it was a lot less scary than I thought it would be. So no more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for someone and just getting questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you just haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Coming from someone who, before finding ZocDoc, found going to the doctor, finding a doctor, all of that, trusting a doctor, very, just very stressful. ZocDoc is so helpful and is so amazing. You really have to try. Go to ZocDoc.com slash circle time and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash circle time. ZocDoc.com slash circle time. There's a great line from Emerson. I'm going to butcher it, but Emerson is one of my favorite writers in, in all time. And I feel like he has the answer to almost every problem. On Instagram right now, he would crush it. But he like <laughs> says that consistency is the hobgoblin of fools or something to that effect saying there is all this pressure to be consistent or else you look flaky. Yeah. And what happens is when you come to the end of your life, you're like, Oh, I lived everyone else's life, but my own. Right. I think, I think consistency can sometimes be the devil. You yeah. know, consistency is good. If you're like, you need to lose weight and repetition <laughs> matters, but consistency otherwise is the demon. But back to my, my book, I was like, if I can talk openly about these themes, 
I can also be the retort to something I hate about social media. We often package these redemption stories and tidy little narratives. I was great, but then I stumbled. My ego got in the way, but then I rose again. Now let me teach you. And it's like, no, my, my journey is like, I was great. I went on Shark Tank and then I got well, lost one testicle to cancer. And then and then I had a happy family and then I got divorced. So like that's my narrative. And then I wrote right. a book and then I was embarrassed about writing the book. <laughs> but like, but I don't people don't say that because it's not like strong. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're supposed to project all knowing. And I don't want to project. I asterisk the shit out of my life. Yeah. And I think, but I think that seeing people, seeing other people do that is inspiration for people to start doing that in their own lives and realize that they're not no like nobody is perfect. And the stuff that people are posting or the stuff that you see, you can see one thing, but you don't know half the stuff that's going on behind closed doors. And I think bringing light to that kind of stuff is what is so inspirational and so important. No, that's what feels so good about the book. I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, a lot of these books are written like reference manuals and they're so preachy and they're so condescending. And I was like, if I was to actually write it like a novel with enough gut-wrenching detail to validate my authority on the topic, would people respond? And the response has been amazing, which almost makes me want to pass out. Because I'm like, (laughs) wow, to touch people, especially the people in pain where like, I didn't have anybody around me to confirm that my intuition is correct. I believe that Like if you can imagine, I know it sounds so corny. If you can imagine it, no dream is rendered to us in the middle of the night that we can't execute at dawn. I write that in the book and those words specifically matter. If you are capable of conceptualizing, there's a good chance that you are capable of achieving it. But if you look for others around you to validate it, then you're misunderstanding what opportunity is. Opportunity arrives before the tipping point of evidence. And so if it's a really big opportunity, then why would anybody around you see it, right? Like it's your own epiphany all for your own. So be very careful when you're like, hey, I really think there's a chance to create this business. You know what I mean? I see this trend on TikTok. Yeah. I feel really good. And then you go to people and they're like, well, that's like dumb. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you. Have, so I talk a lot in the book about how it's so important to consult agendaless, pragmatic optimists, right? People have no agenda, but but to give you opinions, but they're pragmatic, but they're optimistic. So you don't want to go to delusional people. But if you consult the wrong people in those, you know, when you're with your nascent dreams, they're likely to see the world through their own prism. Like it's too risky or because they would never step out of that right, box. Right. I don't know. Mine, mine's meant to be like the companion piece for that voice in your head and, and, and make sure that you don't stifle your dreams before you take a shot. Yeah. Which I think is just so amazing. And I know you touch a little bit in the book. Well, when I was like looking at it this morning and I saw that you were saying how you're talking about how you didn't, it's not that you never had any failures. And I think that like, I think it's, and we, we're kind of already saying this, but I just think it's so important to, because those are the kind of calls that we get on Circle Time a lot is like that people are scared of failing or they have, they have, and they don't know what path to take, or they're trying to figure out their lives. And I think that it's just important to like, remind everyone that failures and real life things and all of that kind of stuff happens regardless, but you still have to like go for what you want. Well, let's break it down for circlers out yeah. there. Failure, Because <laughs> I do think most of the advice we get online is relatively use- useless because it says like failure is great. That's the new movement, right? right. But that also rings hollow, not true. Because when you're ambitious, like you do, you desperately try to avoid failure. There's great consequences to failure, especially when you're all, all in on your plan. So I, I don't say that. What I, what I think we should be telling people failure is useful and that it's a sin not to extract value from failure, but how do you do that? So I offer up my process and I find this, this is common to a lot of successful people. The thing that we try to protect when we have failure is reputation. When what we should be trying to protect is self-esteem and ego. The most successful people I meet have a process similar to this. They identify that they acknowledge out loud that they have failed. It takes away the power. And I do this too. I'm like, I, I have failed. Once I say it, I'm like, all right, still here. Yeah. I haven't lost my wife. Everything's all right. Right. The second most you know, important, important step is that, but I am not a failure. That you have to make sure that your identity and your sense of self-worth has not become enmeshed with the single act of failure. And then three, most importantly, I believe, and it's Newton's laws of physics say that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. The same is true for failure and crisis. When you're going through something really painful, it's hard to see the world that way. So it's not something that's instant, but I am 1000% sure that every single bad thing that I have ever gone through, no matter how horrendous, including my mother dying, opened up a portal to a parallel universe where something beautiful happened. 
And so, but you have to look for it. So you first have to accept it because if you don't look for it, you won't find it. So when you look at what happened to my mother, which was a failure for me, she died the first day I became press secretary on the eve of being able to give her a life, right? She died that morning at 10 o'clock. But because I witnessed what it meant for a human being to have no power, for her to have no agency in this world, I will never forget that. And then last year I was at a private meeting with Pope Francis at the Vatican, raising $100 million for migrants and refugees, because I can empathize with the pain and suffering of powerlessness and being discarded by society. That's not like rhetoric. My mother's death now opened up the possibility for me to affect millions of lives. And so for you in your life, what can you extract? What parallel, what portal to a parallel universe was opened? What value can you extract? And then the last step is to just bury that thing in the desert. Like, don't look back and move on. And so I, I, I love talking about this because I don't feel like it's a useful construct to tell people how to process failure. We just tell them failure is great. And that's that feels like a lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so it's helpful. I mean, everything that you're saying is just so helpful. And I feel like there's so many different kinds of people and different ages of people who listen to this and that everyone can take what you're saying for whatever point that they're at in their lives right now and hopefully put it towards something productive and something yeah. that will help them. And I get asked this a lot. I hate to think that I'm so much older. I guess I'm older, <laughs> you know, but like only. I only also look like I'm 16. So yeah. It, yeah. And I look a little younger, I hope. Or maybe that's self-talk. <laughs> and the reason why failure, I think, cuts so deep. And I go into this book a bit too, about like, what is plan A, right? Like if we could work together to circlers to dissect this concept, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people reject this when they hear it. They're like, burn the boats. Like, but then I can't pay the rent. It doesn't say burn the boats, but don't pay the rent. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what studies show, this is fascinating. Studies show merely contemplating a plan B when you have a big dream, just thinking about it is a good study from 2014. Just thinking about it will materially statistically reduce the likelihood you'll ever achieve your dream. And then the second thing it does is actually eliminate, not eliminate, but dramatically reduce your motivation to even have plan A. So what is plan A? Plan A incorporates the contemplation of what's the worst thing that could possibly happen. If you haven't done that as part of your plan A, you will 100% fail each time. And the reason is, as you take on incoming and the enthusiasm of your, you know, maybe if you're a little manic, you're like, yay, I'm going to create that store. And then you start taking on incoming that when you haven't processed the risk at the beginning, it's really painful. My process in plan A is to do the following ask myself, what's the worst that could happen if plan A doesn't work out, right? The answer that usually comes back to me is ridicule. And that's, you know, what is in my head. And then I say, all right, so what? Nobody actually cares about what, because they're too busy worrying about themselves, right? But you have to ask yourself at the beginning of the journey, what's the worst that could happen? Number two, what would I do if the worst thing were to happen? How would I handle that? How would I mitigate it? That's my downside protection. And what you'll find, and studies show this as well, is we have within us, in our factory settings, going back to the beginning of time, the ability to, to instantly figure out how we would mitigate the worst things that could happen to us. We always say, oh, I'll just get a job wherever. And like, but be, but because we don't ask that question at the beginning, it's always hanging over us when we haven't figured out what am I going to do if it falls apart? And then the third step is to say, okay, what's the probability of the worst thing ever happening, happening? Like what, like, especially like, I'm going to be shunned by my community. Like once we rationally ask that at the beginning of going all in on a goal, you know, the likelihood of those things happening, our rational brain takes over. We're like, okay, very little. And then the last piece, what wouldn't I subject myself to achieve this goal? And when you're doing big goals in life, like me teaching at Harvard Business School, whatever, the answer is usually I would walk on glass, right? Like I would do almost anything. So why is this process important and how is it different from plan B? Because once you've done that already and your mind plays tricks on you, you already say, I already did that. Like, I know what I'm going to do if it doesn't work out and I don't have to contemplate what my downside is. What people do instead when they haven't gone through this risk process is they say, okay, I hate my job. I've always wanted to be a musician. My plan A is I'm finally going to go and be in a band. I'm going to be all in. But if I don't succeed at that, there is Bob's record store on Main Street. Bob will probably give me a job. Now, both of those are a way to get another job from your dead-end job. But the problem is just the 15% energy leakage of saying, like, I could always go work at Bob's record store 
is enough to make it sure that you will not achieve plan A. That's the thing people have to accept. To do really, really great hard things, you need such unnatural effort that you can't afford any percentage of energy leakage to the idea that you might settle for something less. And it's not just me saying that, it's what all the studies and science says. So I wrote the book to speak to not the self-possessed, not the people that have it all figured out. It's the, it's the anxiety-laden, you know, laden, the angst-ridden people, the risk-adverse who need a little bit of a boost. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I am anxiety ridden a lot of the time. And I feel like even just reading, reading your book this morning, when I was reading, it was like already making things clearer, things that I wasn't accepting of where I was like, were being brought to light by what you were saying. And by- I love that, by the way, nothing, by the way, nothing you could ever say could make me happier than you saying that. It's just, like I bled on those pages. So to be the fact that it touches you that way is it's, like all I ever true. wanted to do. Yeah. And I, and I, I hope that, you know, the circlers listening know that I would never hope lead them astray. And I want them to feel this way too. And to be as motivated and as ready to put all of their energy into what they really want and not let the, anxiety and everything kind of pull away from that energy. And so I think your book is really, really helpful and amazing with that. Thank you. Let's talk about anxiety too, because I feel like we are conditioned to believe, I have a whole chapter devoted to anxiety. That's how important it is to me, that we are conditioned to believe that anxiety is something that's meant to be extinguished. And I think when we do that, we're actually creating a negative reinforcement that when somebody can extinguish it, you beat yourself up. Maybe you're, you know, you're, you're on medication or you're getting therapy and you're like, why doesn't it completely go away? Right. And it affects your self-esteem. I actually think that's the wrong approach. I realized that for whatever reason, maybe early trauma or I, I'm wired this way, the anxiety is not something that's ever going to be extinguished. Yeah. And in fact, I need to harness it. And so I did a lot of research on, there's a great study going back to the early twenties that identified there is an optimal state of anxiety that when you have enough of it, it's going to be the catalyst to do great things. But then when you have not enough of it, it actually makes you complacent. So the goal of anxiety should be, how do I stay between those two zones? And then I offer case studies in my book where I crossed over into paralyzing anxiety. When I went on Shark Tank for the first time, I had crushing imposter syndrome and just like couldn't sleep for 48 hours. I thought about not sharing that story because it's kind of embarrassing. But then I was like, if I don't share it and you see how I performed on Shark Tank, you would say, oh, Matt's a natural. Now, anybody else who comes after me would be like, I guess I suck because I have imposter <laughs> syndrome and I, and I have anxiety. So the goal should be everybody out there listening is how to harness it, but how to manage it, right? Yeah. Anxiety is a little bit like like nuclear fusion, right? It's it's something that's very powerful, but it needs to be contained or else it, everything melts down. And so I'm always actually trying to not eliminate it, but, you know, balance it. Yeah. And just on that, I do talk about imposter syndrome pretty frequently on here. And I feel like it reson resonates with a lot of people listening. And I just, can I, like, as the last question, get your thoughts on how to maybe combat that and live in that and work through that as well? Yeah, I love this topic. Well, well, number one, let's just break down different elements of it because that's another thing that anybody out there, you could beat yourself up thinking, why am I still feeling this way? Like it's pathetic. I I've done all these great things. I don't care how long your resume is. If you're always doing new, uncomfortable things, which is the goal in life, right? To the perpetual pursuit of our full potential, you are always actually technically an imposter. And because you are inserting yourself into an environment that you've never been before. So you need to accept that imposter syndrome is actually a feedback loop of doing hard, uncomfortable things, number one. Number two, lots of very successful people are not telling you the truth because they think it smells of weakness if they acknowledge to you that they have imposter syndrome. And so a lot of people aren't sharing what they're really going through, but know that I am the testifier that it happens to me all the time. And then so how do you manage it? What do you do about imposter syndrome? When I went on the set of Shark Tank, uh, uh, Damon John's a shark from Queens, and I always liked him. I grew up not that far from him. And I was like freaking out and also just so mad at myself. Like you were so pathetic. Like what's the big deal? But I decided to acknowledge it to him. I said, all right, Damon, I pulled him into a dressing room. I said, like, I don't know why I'm freaked out, but I am. 
And I feel like people are going to see right through me and they're going to see the kid over on Springfield Boulevard who ate government cheese and they're going to see my bank account and they're going to whatever. And then he, after a lot of curses, you know, like F them, like, (laughs) let me tell you the only thing you need to know. This is incredible advice. You belong here because you are here. And that statement is almost like Socrates, because what it's saying is no one's ever going to give you permission to seat at that boardroom table or to break out of the box you're in. If you have done it, then that's all the evidence you need that you belong there because there is no final approval given. So how do you get through it? So when I was on the set of Shark Tank and I had my moment when I was when I was freezing, I I basically summoned this voice in my head that I have created to be my ally rather than my enemy, right? This super authority that I think everybody needs to create to talk to me in the third person. And it was basically, Matt, you've done hundreds of millions of dollars deals in your life. You didn't come from Queens all the way to set on Shark Tank to blow it for a TV show. And that gave me the courage to sort of get through it. So what the studies show, and I talk about this in a book, is that when you create a super ego in the third person, that by so that you talk to yourself, hey, Matt, you know, Kelsey, like Mary, like that has more authority. We're wired to listen to that person instead of saying, I've got this. And I think a lot of the mistake people make tactically is like, I'm great. That actually doesn't work. You need to have a third person talk. I know it sounds nuts, but you actually need to have somebody talk no, to you in the third that person. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never thought about it that way. Right. So before you go on that interview, before you go on that hard moment, make sure you take a moment in the bathroom stall, spread your wings, and basically have a conversation with yourself in the third person. All you have to do is Google affirmations, third person, and you'll see the science around it, but it 100% works. And I'm not afraid at age you know, 48 to admit that that's my process. And I and the problem is a lot of people aren't telling the truth that that's their process too. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really amazing. And I always love to end Circle Time on a word of wisdom. And although you have been giving words of wisdom this entire time, I think that's a really great place to leave it on because everybody can take that and use that in your day-to-day life. No, I love that. Well, thank you for having me, letting me into the circle. Thank you so much for joining the circle. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm going to continue talking about the book and make sure that the circlers read it and enjoy it just as much as I've been enjoying it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, circlers. I appreciate you giving me some time (laughs) and, and reading the book. Connect with me on Instagram, wherever you want. Just let me know what you think. And also, if you are feeling lonely or if you don't have the money to buy the book, just send me a note and I will send you a copy. So thank you. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Matt. We really appreciate having you. And it was such a pleasure talking to you. Great. Awesome. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.